Brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Papa New to PapaNew.com in Omaha, Nebraska, and in just a moment we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman Ali of TheConjurman.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week we'll be joined by a special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Reworkers, John St. Germain of JohnStGermain.com in Knoxville, Tennessee, bringing us today's topic on his new book, Lithomancy. Afterwards, they'll take, his, uh, take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as defined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Miss Cat and Congressman Ali. Miss Cat. Hi, nice to be here today. It's a beautiful sunny day here in lovely Forestville. Um, I'm going to start off with a few announcements, just different things that are going on. If you've tuned in, you know you're listening to the longest-running hoodoo show in the universe. Um, But we also cover things other than hoodoo. Um, We cover worldwide folk magic, and we also cover topics of worldwide divination. So today we're going to have a guest, and I'll bring him on in a little later, John St. Germain, and we're going to talk about his new book, Lithomancy. Litho means stone, lithos, and mancy means divination by means of. So lithomancy is divination by means of stones. And um, But before we go to that, I'd like to give a couple of announcements. First of all, uh, today marks the 30 days that Daniel Smith, the uh, railroad wizard, has been here on our site um, building and repairing, first of all, Missionary Independent Spiritual Church, but he's also been working on our uh, railroad layout. And uh, this year we're going to have the Hoodoo Heritage Festival, but the railroad is not going to be so important to it because the Hoodoo Heritage Festival will be held in Santa Rosa. And our railroad open house will be held the last Sunday of April. So things are sort of spewing around. The Heritage Festival is going to be the 14th and 15th of April in Santa Rosa at the Veterans Memorial Building. And you can buy day tickets now, uh, weekend passes now, or you can buy workshop entrance at the door per workshop. And this is part of and done in uh, accordance with the Santa Rosa Mystic Fair, which is a yearly event, and that is free. So you can come on in into the big auditorium and shop to your heart's content, meet vendors, see what they have, all forms of metaphysical, occult, and ceremonial goods will be on sale. Everything from uh, crystals and rocks um, through um, you know, pagan lifestyle jewelry, you name it. It's there. Books galore, tarot cards galore, 
and there will be readers on site to do tarot card readings, palmistry readings, and other forms of readings. Then the Hoodoo Heritage Festival will be in a side uh, room, or actually a very large room, uh, which is the dining hall of the Vets Hall, and we will be presenting our workshops. And I'll uh, try to you know, fill you in on what those workshops are. There, are, there is going to be um, Papa Newt will be doing a, a workshop on uh, working with Catholic saints. And this kind of goes to exactly why we are going to be holding the Huda Heritage Festival at Santa Rosa this year. There was a big fire in Santa Rosa. Some of you may know about this. Um, about uh, 5,000 homes burned down in Santa Rosa, California, which is the nearest town to us, big town. And um, so we need to help raise money for getting people's homes rebuilt. And so what we decided to do was to put the Hoodoo Heritage Festival at the Mystic Fair, which got displaced because of the fire, and they also had to be in April instead of in October. So we moved from May to April, and the two organizations are combining, and a percentage of the ticket price goes to rebuilding houses. And Papa Newt is going to make that a reality when he's doing his patron saint workshop. He's going to also have a St. Joseph's altar, St. Joseph the worker, St. Joseph the carpenter, for the rebuilding of homes. And that will be on Saturday morning, 9.30 a.m. We're also going to have um, Lithomancy, which we're going to talk about real soon at 11 with John St. Germain. You will get a free book uh, the book, Lithomancy, which we're going to discuss right now, and um, you're going to get some stones, and you're going to learn how to read them. At 1 p.m., it'll be How to Make a Mojo, and that'll be my new book. If you sign up for the course, uh, you'll get um, an hour's worth of instruction, a book will be given to you, and ingredients to make your own mojo. Then at uh, 2.30, we're going to have Sigil Magic with Angela Marie Horner, and she uses the Solomonic Seals, uh, the Seals of Moses, and she also uses the Galtrabach, or Icelandic, Nordic, and Trolldom seals and sigils in her magical work on the altar, and she'll teach you how to do it. And that's also a one-hour course. At four, we're going to have candle magic with Mama E and Clayton James. And um, Clayton and uh, Mama E have a new candle company, and they're making beautiful figural candles. So you will get an assortment of candles. Now, we can't be lighting the candles at the Veterans Hall, but um, but you will have some candles to take home, and they will teach you how to dress a candle, prepare it, and take it home with you. And you'll get some uh, paper flyer on that. On Sunday, starting over again at 9.30 a.m., we have a new book, Destroying Relationships, and this book is written by Miss Aida. It's a follow-up to her big hit of last year, Cursing and Crossing. This one is about how to break up, separate, hot foot, and drive off enemies and rivals. It, the class will be taught, however, by Deacon Millett, um, who has taught classes with us before, and as everyone knows, he's a member of AIR and a very, very good root work teacher. Cashbox Conjure will be the one-hour class taught from 11 to 12, and this is with Miss Phoenix, and she is the author of the new book, Cashbox Conjure. And you'll get a free copy of the book and also the uh, some ingredients to make your own money spell. At 1 to 2, 
we're going to have uh, Debbie Spring doing Working with Asian Deities. Now, this is an interesting thing because we think of that hoodoo as primarily African-American, but that does not mean that African-American people are limited to only learning about African things. And just like everybody else, you know, they want to learn about other cultures too. So um, the hoodoo practitioners that I knew growing up, especially in California, but I also found it to be true in New York and in Memphis, Tennessee, of all places, there were fairly large um, Asian uh, communities. They were called in those days Chinatown, back when I was young. And in the racist, racist and segregationalist South in particular, the black ghetto and the Chinese ghetto were pushed next to each other. <laughs> and so there was a lot of intermingling and um, a lot of sharing of folklore. So what we find in um, hoodoo, and this is fascinating, a lot of black people who were lighter skinned found they could get jobs if they said they were Asian also, or if they said they were mm. Indian, South Asian. So there's a tremendous amount of crossover with Asian deities, exotic idea, and hoodoo. You, you're going to learn about it from Debbie Spring. It's unexpected. M- many people, you know, they just go, I can't believe that's true, but it is. And that's going to be a wonderful uh, workshop. And then at 2.30 to 3.30, Tarot Card Magic with Valentina Burton. Valentina is the fortune teller of Dallas, Texas, and she is coming out from Dallas to teach magic with tarot cards. And not just how to read cards, but how to use the cards to cast spells. And then the last workshop of the day, 4 to 5 p.m., will be Love Spells with Ms. Robin and uh, many of you know Ms. Robin was one of the founders. In fact, she was the founder of the Hoodoo Heritage Festival and one of the founders of AIR, the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers. And Ms. Robin's workshops are always very popular. This one you'll get a two-page flyer, and there will be things, there will be giveaways, you'll be making things, doing things. Ms. Robin is a real hands-on teacher. So that's what is happening at the festival, and that will be April 14th and 15th, Saturday and Sunday. And there are readers who will be reading. Not only will there be readers, local readers from Santa Rosa, but there will also be some of the workshop teachers will be doing readings. So you could get a reading with John St. Germain, and he will be doing lithomancy reading. Um, Mama E will be doing tarot card. I'll be doing palmistry plus tarot. Miss Elvira will be doing tarot cards. Miss Robin will be doing crystal ball and spiritual readings. Papa Newt will be doing bone readings. And Angela Marie will be doing card readings. So... We'd love to see you. If you're local, come on out. If you're not local, it's worth a trip. Um, And I would just want to make sure that everybody understands you can buy a day ticket, a weekend pass, or you can buy per class, per class, door price admission, $25 per workshop. And at every workshop, you get back about $10 worth of products or books or whatever to take back home with you. So ultimately, you're not paying all that much for these workshops. They are a great bargain. And we actually run them as a church project at a break-even just to get the word out, to get folk magic out there for everybody. So I've said my little bit. I hope you all come out. Remember, it is a once-a-year thing. Now, I'm also going to be teaching my apprenticeship, and this is kind of second-to-last call for the apprenticeship. Uh, my apprenticeship for my graduate students of my class in um, Hoodoo Root Work Correspondence Course is April 9th through 
April 13th. So if you have not made arrangements to come on out for that apprenticeship, um, you really ought to call the shop, get your get your Airbnb or your motel together. These uh, apprenticeships are rare, and they're not happening at the frequency that they once have happened. So this is a five-day apprenticeship in herbs, candles, and special washes and waters. It's free, 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 but you will work for me. We'll trade your labor for my teaching five days, Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, and it always is done the week before the festival. So if you come on out for the apprenticeship, April 2nd, um, uh, excuse me, April 9th to 13th, and uh, and then April 14th and 15th, you will be able to go to the festival in Santa Rosa. So just want to make sure everyone knows um, that you can get those apprenticeships. There are three different apprenticeships. Papa Newt just posted my last apprenticeship. That's right. They are in three sets, and when you get all three of them, which is uh, to say nine workshops, then you get an apprenticeship certificate. Again, it's all free. It's just done to try to pass this on to the next generation. Okay. Woof. All right. <laughs> Sorry for all of the download there, but I had to. All righty. So um, how are things going? I thought I heard uh, Contraband Ollie's pretty voice back in there. How are you doing today, huh? Things are, things are great. Thanks for uh, asking. I was just listening, and these workshops sound so exciting and so um, really like one of a kind. You don't, where else are you going to go? where you can learn about something like lithomancy at the same time that you're learning about Hindu deities and Catholic saints and the African-American tradition of, of hoodoo. I mean, it was so, so fantastic. Um, I'm very excited. Hopefully people will definitely check this out. You don't want to miss out on these workshops. Um, I, uh, I'm happy to be back. Uh, we were away for a, for a couple uh, days there, so I'm happy to be joining you. I also want to just really sh- just shout out the fact that you mentioned the relationship of the black community with the Asian community. It's one of those histories in the same way that the black community and the Jewish community have a very long history in the United States. And so, too, do, do they have a connection with, with people for, with the Asian community? Kung Fu and martial arts made a huge inroad into the black community at the same time that people were passing off as, as Indian or as South Asian, even though they were black. So there's, it's a really cool history um, that people should check out. I'm super excited uh, to hear that that's going to be discussed at the workshops. Yeah, that is that is a wonderful thing, and the Bay Area is a great place to present this yeah. because the martial arts, um, uh, I guess you could call it fad, trend, yeah. uh, awakening um, of the 70s was really originated in uh, Northern California, and yes, it did. especially yeah. in the, of all places in Stockton and then in Oakland, <laughs> and um, yeah. and uh, and. You know, when I was young, black martial artists. Why were all black martial artists doing Asian yep. martial arts? It was a, yep. because they were all right together in Oakland. And the same yes. thing happened with the, um, you know, the introduction of uh, things like the Lucky Buddha. Yeah, it's a fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's a whole topic in and of itself. We'll do that um, uh, someday as a topic. Now, yeah, we should get right Debbie Spring to come on. Yeah, get Debbie Spring to come on the air. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. I'd love to do that. Maybe, you know, I would love if we could maybe pre-record a couple of interviews with some people that are when they're out here for the festival, too. We'll see if oh, we can cool. manage it. No, no promises, no promises, but it would be kind of <laughs> nice. Um, um, 
the time zones being what they are, we can't get everybody on the radio show, you know. So um, now I want to bring in John St. Germain. But before I bring him in, I'm going to tell you who he is. Um, John St. Germain, a friend of mine and a fantastic reader, root worker, um, lives in Tennessee. He is the pastor of Divine Harmony Spiritual Church. And if you haven't subscribed to or linked up or hooked up with Divine Harmony, you really ought to. And if you're listening to this radio show and live anywhere in Tennessee, you might want to check him out. He's in Knoxville. But he he does candle services, he does readings, um, and he is a pastor and counselor. Wonderful, wonderful man, John St. Germain. He's also an author. I don't know how many books the man has written, but I think we're now on book number seven or eight uh, that are for the public. Um, and maybe there's some more private manuscripts that have been circulated as well. And um, he's written a book called Lithomancy. Now, last uh, book that he did that we published was called Crystal Magic. And this book has sold very well. It is about the use of stones, crystals, gemstones, and crystal balls in divination and in spellcasting. It kind of combines the two. And now Lithomancy is about telling fortunes with cast stones. So these are like little rocks and also coins. And there are oh more than a dozen different ways to tell the future with rocks and stones in this book. So it's a wonderful thing. John has also written a book about I Ching, um, the Chinese system of divination. He's written books on palmistry. Very accomplished man. Welcome to the show, John St. Germain. Oh, hey, thanks for having me on. I'm glad to be here. I was doing taxes all weekend, and this is a welcome break. Let's not, let us not evoke the tax man, lest he appear like <laughs> Satan. That's one thing yeah. April brings us, right? Yes. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, I was very pleased with how say, this book turned out. Yeah, you're, the book you did is fantastic. It really is amazing. I'd like to just, we're, we're just going to ask you some questions here as if I wasn't the editor and uh, <laughs> as if as if I didn't know what the book contains. What brought you to the idea of lithomancy? I've always liked throwing stones. Uh, I got in trouble as a kid throwing stones a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hurling them at neighbors and uh uh, various people, uh, <clears throat> but uh, no, I've always loved stones. I remember um, uh, being fascinated by shiny stones. I'd pick them up and bring them home, and I had them on my shelf. And uh, later on, I found out you could do things with them, and that they had innate qualities and voices and vibrations and frequencies, and uh, mm. that you could uh, tell fortunes with them. And there wasn't a lot of information for a long time about this, and. Uh, so I discovered uh, things about it on my own, and then when uh, information began to appear about it, I tested some of the information against my own discoveries, uh, just like I do with palm reading. You know, a lot of the things I wrote about palm reading um, sort of flew in the face of some of the mythos. I wanted to separate fact from fiction. There's a lot of stuff written about stones uh, that you know may or may not work. It works for some people. I suppose, but well, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna uh, 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 jump in um, here. Like you, I collect reading methods, and um, I wrote a book called Throwing the Bones, 
a number of years ago, I think in 2012. And that came out of my having collected methods and developing my own methods of reading Mm -hmm. bones. And I limited it to bone shells and nuts, did not put stones in, because um, I figured that nuts and uh, shells are the bones of um, trees and mollusks, and bones mm-hmm, are the bones right. of animals. So I, we got all everything right together in one book. And I was very pleased to see bone reading a stage of renaissance. I'm not going to say I'm responsible for it, but I started. I did my first um, writing about it um, for the public in 2011, and I worked with a man named uh, John Michael Hilford, and. Um, But in 2012, I put out a book, and since then, bone reading has taken off. However, and I'm going to be bluntly honest here, however, there are people who will never do bone reading because they are vegan or vegetarian, Mm -hmm. and they don't want to be left out of the natural history reading aspect of reading, right? And so this is why I gave you the green light when you proposed this, because people would say, oh, it's just another book on throwing things. Oh, no, no, no. This is a different book. Very Mm -hmm. different. And um, so there's just a a lot of information here. How about if you tell us a couple of the different systems that you know about? Well, let's talk about why stones are different, because you have three levels of work with stones. First of all, you have the stone's own innate qualities. The, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we know rose quartz uh, resonates with the heart chakra, and so we often use it for emotional issues. We know that uh, malachite uh, is often used for uh, prosperity work, pyrite for prosperity mm-hmm. work. We know that uh, jasper is used for grounding work. On top of that, we can suffumigate and train the stones and educate them to do something else uh, for divinatory work. And on top of that, uh, we can engrave images and symbols or paint symbols on the stones for divinatory meaning. So we have three levels of work that we can do with stones. We can wow. also use so stones for projection and well, spell work. I'm gonna, hold on, hold on, hold on. Stop, stop, stop. Mm-hmm. I've got to interrupt. What are those three levels again? Because people listen to the radio show, it just flies mm-hmm. right past, past them. Sure. The symbolic uh, meaning of the stone. Of this, mm-hmm. uh, well, there's the uh, there's the healing quality of the stones uh, that ah, we use for, uh, uh-huh. right, right, that we use mm-hmm. in energy work, you know, like for chakras, working with chakras. You know, someone's having yeah. um, an emotional yeah. uh situation and you can use the healing work of the stones you can use the projection mm-hmm. work for the stones as we use them in uh, mm-hmm. spell casting and you can use the divinatory um, idea of the stones by uh, either just using the uh, the color uh, of the stones or the meaning of the stones mm-hmm. uh, you know for instance uh, prosperity love etc or put symbols yeah. on the stones that have a right. even so now, uh, more now mythical we're going to get to this, yeah, so now we're going to get to symbols on the stones because this is where it becomes really fascinating. So you are um, a person, as I said, who collected uh, systems. Um, and one of the systems that you are bringing really to the forefront, again, it's not a forgotten system, it's not a lost system, but it's a system that first appeared, a woman named Patricia Crowther in 1981, yes. a system of painted stones that she worked out a system, and she claims it was ancient, but it may have been uh, originated by her. She was one of the um, 
leading elder mothers of Wicca. Um, all mm. neo-pagans uh, within the sound of my voice should know who Patricia Crowther uh, is and her books. Lit Off the Cauldron contains a system called the Witch's Rune Stones, a.k.a. the Witch's Stones. And mm. you, as I understand it, learned about it from another man, a man named Brother Shadow, or Carl Heron. Carl um, Heron. And he was, yeah, he was using them. I also had heard about them from Carl Heron, not from Patricia Crowther, because I'm not a neo-pagan. And along the way, there was another very well-known neo-pagan author, Richard Webster, had worked with them in his own way. And Mm -hmm. so you have really brought this system forward, and you've expanded it. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about the Witch's Runestones, okay? Right. When I I saw uh, my friend Carl... Heron, who uh, was known as Brother Shadow, do them. He he was a storyteller. He would uh, he would bring these stones out, and uh, you would select one with a pendulum, and he would tell a story based on these stones. And that story was about you. You know, you might get the the double rings, and Carl would say, "Oh, you're looking for connections. You're looking to intertwine your life with the life of someone else." And uh, and he would weave this entire story, and perhaps he would. Uh, have you select a second one, and maybe it was the ear of corn, and he said, "In this." And this wonderful journey you're on, uh, interconnecting with another person, will will grow uh, into a, uh, a wonderful forest of trees where you and this other person will build and plant and grow and reap. And I thought, what a wonderful way to do a reading, mm-hmm. you know, not not the way a lot of readings uh, come out where where they talk about the oracle a lot, you know, you know, this is the tower and the tower is a symbol of destruction. And uh, it was a story that he told, and I was so enchanted with this idea that. Um, uh, I asked Carl to make me a set. He only made about 20 sets, I think, in his life. And uh, I began to work with him. And um, I used uh, traditional methods. Uh, I did like the pendulum system, but I wanted to use more of the stones. So I would uh, I would drop them um, on the table. And then eventually I started working within a sacred circle because I like to use the uh, the runes, the futart, within a circle. And um, mm-hmm. I read Proximity. Uh, Patricia Crowther talked about Proximity. Um and mm-hmm. uh, uh, I just I, I loved this method. I loved it. Uh, there there are symbols that you don't find in a lot of uh, other systems. The, uh, the the black stone marked with an H, which is very yeah, similar. Yeah, that's uh, the one. You know, <laughs> I just gotta <laughs> say, folks, remember you heard it here. The black stone marked with an H. What a bizarrely unique. Um, individual thing, and yet it has a very specific meaning, and it doesn't have to do with the letter H. I don't even get it, but um, her stuff is so unusual. Now, yes. you added stones to her system because she only had eight of them, right? And you're up to how many now? Uh, thirteen. Uh, I, because <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, thirteen. Uh, I, because I added uh, some ideas from um, uh, Lynn Norman. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, I added a snake, and I added well, I added a scarab uh, as a psychopomps to the spirit world, spirit communication, and I added uh, uh, what looks like a little sperm for uh, creativity, and um, um, uh, and also because I, when I casted the stone, I found I found this wonderful little poem in a uh, an old witchcraft book that said "Witch's Garter" because I work with the witch's garter to make the uh, circle, mm-hmm. and it was "Witch's Garter bind the spell." Thirteen stones, the truth foretell, earth and water, wind and flame, magic in the old one's name. So I, I, I liked saying that um, as I cast the stones, and so I brought the number up to thirteen. 
and I have this thing called the Winds of Change. It's a it's a number. It looks like a trefoil, uh, like a, a corporal's uh, badge. It's got a, a number of uh, little curvy lines. It's the Winds of Change, and if they point toward you, wind is coming in. If it's going away from you, wind is going out. It means uh, changes, changing conditions, going out. That kind of that comes from the I Ching, you know, changing lines. Mm-hmm. You know, they're basically changing mm-hmm. lines. So, as uh, uh, other uh, divinatory systems that I work with uh, begin to work their way into this, these stone systems, and uh, now, then I use okay. Uh, now I'm gonna other... I'm gonna I want to move off of her now because you've been and you okay. and I have both been saying the word runes, rune stones, mm-hmm. and rune stones. the truth is Patricia Crowther's so-called rune stones are not are not runes in the mm-hmm. sense that we usually mean the word rune. Now they are in one sense, and I'm gonna just jump in here as the editor of the book Trolldom, the word Mm -hmm. runa in Swedish means any kind of a mark, and it doesn't necessarily, it means like the mark, like a sigil or a symbol. It doesn't necessarily mean an alphabetic rune. It can be like Mm -hmm. a five-pointed star is is a runa, it's a rune. But normally among modern people, the word rune refers to the Futhark alphabet. And mm-hmm. there are several ver- variations of this. The, there's an Anglo-Saxon one. There's a Swedish one. There's an Icelandic. You know, it's, they're just alphabets. And depending on what their language was, they modified that alphabet to express the sounds that were heard in their mm-hmm. alphabets. And these are very old, probably derived from Italian or Latin alphabets. They probably are not prehistorically Norse, but in any case, they exist. The Futhark alphabet. Mm-hmm. The Futhark alphabet... Uh, was not used for divination per yep. se until yep. um, <laughs> go ahead, yep. Sanjay Ali, tell us about it. That was no, added you're absolutely later, right about right? that. Yeah, absolutely yeah. added later, um, and kind of almost, I would say, an, an attempt to kind of quote unquote rediscover. As you rightly know, the, the ruins were more often not in kind of written spells and charms were the most famous, or just even missives. Hey, so and so Viking was here. Was a very common mm-hmm. runic inscription that we would find on things like stones and whatnot. Um, but that the traditional uh, Northern European Icelandic divination systems were varied and actually may very well have had more in common with throwing stones and throwing bones than they did with ruined stones. Um, that it was not right. uh, uncommon to find shamans that, I, that or practitioners that would have bags of bones that were not inscribed or would have uh, certain gems and rocks in them that were not inscribed but that they would throw out and read in a very similar manner that, that John St. Germain and yourself were talking about. But it really isn't until the kind of neo-pagan revival with Bloom and others that you start to see ruins being used for divinatory purposes. And that way, not to say that it isn't, uh, you can't do it that way, but the, there's a sort of fabricated history there, um, which I think some people yes. do well, to, to lend history, authenticity. You know, <laughs> you know what? R- romancing neo-paganism yeah. is a is yeah, a full-time yeah. occupation for many people. But Ralph Bloom also credited the I Ching, and this is kind of where it yes. yeah. kind of leaks around again with John because John has right. written books on the I Ching, and mm-hmm. so he use he he also works with some of Ralph Bloom's ideas, but. Other people have developed the Elder Futhark, which is the oldest form of the alphabet. And Ralph Bloom also added an extra tile, the so-called blank tile, and um, Mm -hmm. which probably was just made in order to cut the tiles out of a sheet of material. Five by five is 25, and there's only Mm -hmm. 24 Futharks, so that leaves you with a blank. And you could use it if you lost um, 
a stone and you could put a Sharpie marker and write on it. But yeah. one went a little step further and he said, well, it's, now this is the mystery, the weird stone. Well, there are some people who hate on him because of that. And they also hate on him because he wasn't Norse. He was Jewish. And so here's a Jewish guy taking a Chinese system and applying it to <laughs> a Norse alphabet. Oh, for ah. shame. Well, <laughs> the hell with that. It's a wonderful system. It works it really is. well. And and many people have worked with it. Now, John also teaches in this book, Lithomancy, he teaches the John St. Germain Norse rune system. <laughs> okay? Yeah. And, oh, dear God, so, you know, I got a lot of the, hating for uh, finding runes in the palm of the hand. I I, I found that the uh, the rune mages, uh, the rune mall uh, uh, purists, oh, man, they are uh, stern in their dedication to the Norse ways. And uh, if you deviate from it, you will get uh, you will get some critique from it. But, you know, hey. <laughs> yeah. you know, well, there's to haters it. out there everywhere. But if you look at the cover to the Book of Lithomancy, you'll see mm-hmm. there are the Elder Futhark are on there. So we've covered mm-hmm. the stones. We've covered the witch's runes, which are, if you look at the at the cover of the book, you'll see a little mm-hmm. sun assembled in some cross spears and some interlocking circles. That's from Patricia Crowther's system. Up at the upper right of that book of uh, cover of Lithomancy, you'll see what look to be coins. And in fact, they are coins. And also at the lower left, you'll see a Sacagawea um, dollar. And so now I want to get to... Um, Casting stones. So uh, tell us about, uh, excuse me, casting coins. So, so John, tell us about casting coins. Well, you know, it was a natural development because, uh, and and people say, well, coins? Yes. Well, metals Mm. are from the earth, too. And so uh, what's the difference between a a piece of uh, silver, gold, nickel, copper with a with an etched emblem or a stone with an etched emblem. So I began casting with coins a long time ago. And if you do any kind of research on coin casting, what you find is one, mm-hmm. the three coins in each ing. You find one. And uh, mm-hmm. Raymond Buckland wrote a nice little book called The Pocket I Ching or The Pocket Fortune Teller. And that's it. That's mm-hmm. it. That's all you'll find on coin casting. And I found over the years I developed a lot of techniques for casting coins. And uh, uh, when I started writing about it, I realized I knew a lot about it. Uh, I didn't realize how much I knew about casting coins, and and most of the most of the systems uh, I developed for my lithomantic system, the the chain of events, the uh, circles, squares, shapes, triangles, and things like that, uh, readily uh, lent themselves heads or tails, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Or, or crowns and feet, uh, led themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, the coin casting, but you also got other things as well, because there are millions of cultural images on mm-hmm. coins. Uh, oh, yeah. Millions, millions of cultural images, and uh, and so uh, you can develop people, places, events, time, uh, symbols, uh, events based on the mm-hmm. symbology of coins. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I found I found coins that have uh, like a clock on them. Uh, Numbers one through twelve. I found coins. That, uh, you, know, you find the ones with the pyramid, the Sphinx. You find coins that have any kind of animal you can imagine, musical instruments, uh, uh, millions of different cultural images, and you can you can develop a set with uh, parents, uh, uh, children, grandchildren, etc. Uh, you can develop uh, any kind of situation, uh, romantic situations, any kind disasters. of animal. 
Yeah. Any kind of animal. Can I uh, can I jump in here and ask a real quick yes. question about this? Yes. Because it's I'm very mm-hmm. curious. So I don't actually throw uh, stones, though I famously or infamously, I guess, use a carnelian to scry. It's uh, my yes. gin ring. But there's something yeah. about the casting. When I used to, when I was much younger and I used to work in retail, I used to jokingly play this kind of spiel where I would take paper clips, colored paper clips, and you've seen the little colored ones, and I would cast them out and do these kind of uh, play fortune tellings for my for my colleagues, and it was this kind of joke. Um, but w- what I did there is I would actually use the layout of uh, the astrological chart. So the question I'm asking is, when you cast stones, you're looking for patterns, you're looking for the stones themselves, you're looking at placement. But sometimes, do you use something underneath to help distinguish placement, or do you divide up the space? I'm basically I'm asking yes. about the spatialization in the casting. Yes, there uh, we cover that in the book too. There are uh, casting upon a divided surface, mm. uh, astrological wheels, uh, quadrants, right. uh, the yeah, it, nine yeah, worlds the, of uh, the Norse myth, yes. Norse mythology. Yes. Um, oh, interesting. And Ali, Ali, you're going to love it. This book is much more heavily illustrated than a lot of our books, and um, he, uh, uh, John, and as. Uh, talked about these different casting surfaces and not just, you know, hard surfaces, soft surfaces, um, woven surfaces, basket surfaces, oh, wow. just Chalk. name it. It's really amazing about casting surfaces and how the Making, stones are uh, red or coined. Sacred chalk, yeah. sacred chalk. Uh, oh, yeah, also, yeah. that's very cool. Oh, also, and, uh, and cast, Gray cast, Townsend. Oh. I've got to give a shout out to Gray Townsend. Gray Townsend illustrated this book, and there are. Uh, if you look again at the cover of Lithomancy, you'll see there's a casting cloth with a zodiac on it. And um, mm-hmm. but sometimes you don't uh, show the zodiac; you have it memorized in your head, and you just use a clock face, and you can read without telling the client what sign of the zodiac you're looking at. You know what I'm saying? It's in oh, your mind. Interesting. You know the yeah. position. Right. right. So this book is for readers. This book is not just for yeah. like, hey, I'm a newbie. I want to know about a stone. No, no, no. This book is this is a reader's book. But there's another thing, another thing. You mentioned paper clips, and I'm just going to say there's a whole reading in here called the Dollhouse Reading or Horcrux Reading, in which yeah. John teaches you how to read dollhouse miniatures, handfuls oh, of that dollhouse is cool. miniatures. That yeah. is definitely cool. Yeah. Oh, I also wanted this to book is get so this good. in. Well, you're talking about paper clips. Have you ever seen the method mm-hmm. where you cast wooden matches? Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Read, read the yeah, shapes. Yeah. That's a very old, that is very yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, you guys are going to love this book, especially the readers among you. And um, we're I'm going very, to have very John happy. will do. Yeah, John's going to be teaching a workshop on it um, at the festival, 14th and 15th of April, and he's going to be doing some readings, and we're going to go to one of our clients now and see if we can get a client in here and do some lithomancy readings. Take it away, Papa Newt. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rework Hour with your hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ali, and this week's special guest, John St. Germain, will be right back. We'll be taking calls from our listeners, answering their questions through spiritual divination, and prescribing down-home conjure remedies and remediation. Our calling clients <laughs> are selected from among those who filled out a short questionnaire at the Lucky Mojo form at form.luckymojo.com. You can listen to the show online through Blog Talk Radio or via telephone by dialing 818-394-8535. If you filled out a client questionnaire at the form, please dial in now to 818 394 8535 and press 1 to let us know that you're available to be on the air. 
we will select callers by their area code, and if your area code is announced, we'd like you to say hello and let me, your announcer, pop a nude, read a brief description of your situation before turning it over to our host. And now it's time to go to the phones and take our first caller. And we are going straight to our queue, and we have area code 862 calling in from New Jersey. This is Liz. Liz, are you there? Yes, I... Hey, welcome to the show. Is this your first time calling in? Yes. Ah, welcome to the show, and thank you for entrusting us with your situation today. And have you gone to any other readers and root workers on this particular situation? No. No, thank you. And Liz writes, I would like to know where my love life is headed and how to improve it. Turn it back to you, Ms. Kat. Okay. Um, so I'm going to ask uh, two questions. What's your sign of the zodiac? A Pisces. I'm sorry, say that again? A Pisces. Pisces. Ah, the gentle Pisces. Pisces, the mm. fish. Today is April Fish Day. In uh, in <laughs> Italy and in, in France, they don't call it April Fool's Day. They call it it's the Fish Day. And... Um, we don't know why, but they stick fishes on each other. So this is appropriate call for the day. We've been we've been saying Happy Fish Day all day long. So Happy Fish Day to you. Um, now the the other thing I'm going to ask you because you want to know where your love life is headed. Um, do you have a partner at the present time you want to find out about, or you're just looking for new love? Um, I'm more so interested in new love. Okay, got it. And. Um, so you're a Pisces, and um, I'm going to read um, some cards for you. Now, to me, when I ask about reading for some of you, I usually ask one other question, which is about how old are you? You don't have to tell me your exact age, but the, the, the answers, the way I interpret the cards will differ if you're 18 versus if you're 46. So about how old are you? I'm 24. 24? Yes. Okay. Very young. All right. The reason I ask that partly has to do with your Saturn return, which you have not yet had yet. Um, and so I'm just going to tell you that you're still in the, the growth phase. Good for you. Keep it up. All right. So we're looking for new love. First card I have here is a card called the Page of Pentacles. Well, this shows a, an adventurous young man or young woman um, out in a field with flowers holding um, a golden bubble or coin. It could be with a pentagram on it. And it's as if this little bubble had just sort of dropped down from heaven or the person might be releasing it. It's like just poised on the fingertips. It could just be floating away. And in the background, um, on one side, there's a forest. This is the desire for stability. On the other side, in the background, there's a plowed field. You've done some work already to draw love. The field has been plowed. The seeds have been planted, but the, the love is not yet in that stable phase. And way in the background, way in the distance, there's the mountains. And this has to do with, again, a desire for stability. In the foreground, some flowers. So what I see here is that you are doing the right thing. Everything you're doing right now is good as far as finding new love. But the biggest thing you have to think about is how to receive it and how to wait for it, because the field has been plowed and planted, but we don't have any greenery sprouting yet. Springtime is just starting. We have little flowers, but we're just going to come in. Also, this would indicate that you might do well trying to seek out and mate with 
someone who is an earth sign because the page of pentacles is an earth sign it would be somebody presumably in your age range because this is a young man or a young woman it is not an older person so we're not going to be going with someone old enough to be your uh, parents and this is um a card that shows forward looking the, the the page looks to the future very good card it's exceptionally good now we're going to get back to in a moment how this might be used in root work and i'm not going to say that but i will say that talismans are always indicated when we have um the pentacle coins and that would indicate that magic with talismans might be good for you the next card is called the hierophant well the hierophant is a uh a religious figure, and in front of the Hierophant are two men kneeling and praying. One has roses uh, on their clothing, and the other one has uh, lilies on his clothes. And we know they're both men because they're both bald-headed priests. And um, this talks about um, uh, marriage, and it talks about also it it can be, uh, because they're both men, it can be same sex, it can be opposite sex. It's either way, it's ambiguous. But this is that you are working toward and will find somebody who will become your permanent, permanent lover. It will be very good for you. There are crossed keys beneath this hierophant or priest, or the, the Pope, I guess you could call him, or the Dalai Lama. And the crossed keys represent two beings who are very similar and, and yet are, um, have come together from different places. And the crossed keys means open roads. So again, we're talking about talismans, a key. And you might want to do a ceremony with keys to open your roads to find that lover. The third card is incredibly good cards for you, to, honey. This is really great. Temperance. Temperance shows uh, the angel Raphael um, standing with one foot on land, one foot on water, holding two golden goblets and pouring water between the two golden goblets. And this is two minds uh, with but a single thought or two hearts that beat as one. Very, very good for love because it says you will find someone very similar to you. The journey may have been interrupted. You may have been on a path and have to go through a little water, but the path will resume. And that can mean water, often can be a symbol of baptism, symbol of prayer. Now, in connection with that priest we had in the in the previous one, you might find the one you love through some sort of spiritual or religious um thing a retreat or a church service or it could be a nonprofit that you are associated with but this says to me that there's going to be a deep spiritual level of interest between you and your um, partner to be and the fact that the angel is pouring water between two cups would indicate teas or bathing as a possible possible way to to do attraction now we're going to have john do a reading and i hope he does some lithomancy Oh, well, thank you, Kat. I will. I am. So, uh, pardon me, this is going to be loud. Um, I'm casting on my desk, so hold your ears. And, and there they go. And um, Liz, your name's Liz, is that right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, thank you. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> well, I'm going to tell you um, uh the moon is next to the black stone, and uh, this indicates that uh, you had relationships in the past, uh, two in particular that were very bad, and because uh, we have the four phases of the moon, and uh, two of these were very dark. Uh, I'm going to tell you that uh, in four relationships, two of them were very dark, and I think uh, you may have had uh, two relationships going at one time, or two that overlapped, 
one mm-hmm. right on top of the other. And uh, uh, they one was one that you hoped would save you from the other, but it wasn't what you wanted it to be. Um, I also want to tell you that I have the scarab reverse in the middle. This means you're really tired. And um, I'm going to tell you that this is a, not just a physical tiredness, but a weariness of the soul. Your life force is just drained. Um, I recommend you don't jump into another relationship right now. I think you might need a period of rest and um, uh, nourishment. Uh, follow mm-hmm. some passion, uh, something that helps nourish your spirit, something that you really enjoy doing. And a lot of times this is some art, music, uh, uh, filling your soul up. Um, also, we have the sun and the wave next to the key. Uh, uh, this is changes, big changes in your life. Um, you can't use the past to predict the future in a case like this. Uh, the old things you used to do, the old strategies and uh, um People, even, uh, they don't work for you anymore. Um, during that period of rest and reflection and filling up your soul, you might have to cut away a lot of things and refigure uh, the old ways of thinking, the old filters, the old uh, means of selection, the people you hang out with, even. Uh, you might have to cut a lot of that away and start thinking about new ways of your life. But we have the bird next to the three birds next to the hand. That means you reach out to new people. Um, uh, mm. different types of people, not people. My dad used to talk about certain people. You give them an inch and they take a mile. I think a lot of the people you've uh, been involved with and a lot of the people you hang out with do that. Uh, you, know, you give them an inch and they take a mile. So um, people who uh, give give to you, um, you know, I think you're giving your life away in bits and pieces, and that's why you feel tired inside. Um, that's that's my my little brief thing here with my, me and my sons. Uh, if it makes sense to you, Um do you have any questions yes. or anything? Okay. Makes sense to you? I think it makes sense. It resonates. Mm-hmm. It resonates. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing with stones. Sure. Yeah. So what we're seeing here, as far as the readings go, is that um, your past has been a little bit rocky. That's a joke. <laughs> yeah. It's reading with stones. Your past has been a little rocky. If you cut away some of the ways you've been, some of the things you've done, you're ready to receive new gifts. And both John and I saw in the readings that there's a spiritual quality to be developed. And um, mm. in in particular, um, finding somebody who has um, a, a true union with you, not just, you know, somebody hot that you can get all excited about. But there is going to be a potential for a real soul uh, merger, marriage, or union. So I'm going to turn this over to Conjurman Ali. And he's going to give you some root work advice. Now, we're going to try to write all that down in the chat log, and you can come back and read it in the chat log, or you can take notes while he is telling it, okay? Okay. Yeah, thanks. I think you've got a fantastic reading there. What I'm going to give you is a really simple working that will help to kind of open up your heart, make you willing and able to find love, uh, and draw your perfect lover to you. And it's actually customized based off of the reading, um, what Miss Kat said to you and what John St. Germain said to you. So let's start off first and foremost with the bath. We had temperance there. We had water. We want to cleanse yourself and to help open you up. And whenever you do any type of love work, bathing is a really good first step. It's easy to do, and it's a very powerful way of kind of shaking off anything you may have had from the past and opening up your heart for something new. And so for, what, for this, what I want you to do is get yourself some violet leaves, damiana, 
catnip, and rose petals. Put this into a pot of water, boil it until you've made a little tea. Take a tablespoon of honey, pour it into there, and dissolve it. As if you were sweetening the tea to drink, what you're actually going to do is use this to bathe. You are going to get yourself in, stand in your bathtub, and wash yourself. You're going to pour this over. You can get your hair wet if you want. If you don't, you can pour shoulders down, and you're going to wipe upwards from your feet up to your shoulders, drawing in all that goodness into your very essence, into your very soul. It smells great. It's fantastic. And you're going to do this seven times, and you're going to start this when the moon begins to wax, okay? So that is when you want to mm-hmm. start this. You're going to do this. Make sure to gather a bit of the used bath water, set that aside, and then while you're air drawing, I want you to do the second portion of the work. I want you to get yourself a pink candle, inscribe it with your name, and say, my ideal partner, lover, husband, whatever you want. Anoint it with come-to-me oil. Light the candle. Get yourself some come-to-me incense. Place it on a sensor, thurible, heat-proof dish. Light that. Have your candle to the left and your incense to the right before you um, as you do this work, and you'll have a little surface. Now, before you begin this work, you should have thought over a period of three days about your what qualities your perfect lover has. Uh, some people like to write it extra, uh, you know, just kind of randomly, extraneously. I actually prefer uh, my clients to think about it. So before you do this work, think about the qualities you're looking for. Write them down on a list. Sleep on it. Come back and then revise the list. Do it a total of three times until you have your perfect list. Then, once you've got your candle going in your incense, you take that perfect list of yours and you're going to write it on a small, very small piece of paper. Okay? You're going to get a nice mm-hmm. small square piece of paper. Get yourself a silver locket, one of those lockets that you can put photos in. You're going to open up this locket. Get yourself beeswax, a small bit of it that you are going to roll around in your hand. You're going to soften this. You're going to roll into that beeswax, Damiana to bring you passion. You're going to put bohog, or, or also known as lovage. It's one of my favorite. You can use it. They're they kind of thick. You can use a little bit of it. You don't need to use a whole big old chunk of bohog. A little bit of bohog, rose petal, cuba berries to bring you a willing and passionate lover, and rose petals. And you are going to soften that and then place it into the locket on one side, flattening it so that you it spreads out into the little uh, opening and cavity. You're going to fold up your small piece of paper and you're going to press it into that wax. Close that locket. Take the locket and smoke it in the incense as the incense is rising and call out to God, the Creator, Lord, whatever you want to call uh, the higher power and ask that your lover, wherever they are, comes to you and comes to you quickly, that they are willing, that they are available, that they are passionate and devoted, and they come to you swiftly. You're going to then take your candle uh, and place it uh, over the uh, locket. So ideally, you'd want to have this candle on some type of overturned bowl or cup or something that has a cavity underneath. If you have one of those uh, candlesticks with the felt at the bottom, you can actually pull, peel back the felt, and there should be just enough room for you to stick the uh, um, locket in there. But if you do it on a bowl or cup, it'll actually be a lot easier. And you're going to let the candle burn down. For the next three days, you're going to take the uh, locket, 
smoke it in the incense as you pray. Light a fresh candle. Let that candle burn down on your locket. On the third and final day, I want you to take the waxes of the candle that remain, the ashes of the incense that remain, and the used bath water that you set aside, and you are going to sprinkle this all around your property at the four corners on the outside. The bath water okay. you are going to pour on your doorstep so that this person will go, come from the outside at the four corners of your home, the four directions of the world, to your doorstep and enter into your home. You will then carry that locket with you wherever you go. It is your personal talisman that will draw love to you uh, wherever you are and whatever you're doing. It will help you carry that power, that intention, and that prayer going forward. That's my recommendation, starting with a bath and then finishing with a personal talisman. Uh, let's turn this over to Miss Kat and John St. Germain to see if they have anything further they'd like to add or any type of adjustments they'd like to make. Wow. Well, no, that was about as thorough as it gets. Just wonderful. Um, magnificent. I do have a note before. But yes, but just magnificent. Um, we... Um, we have, we're having a little technical problem, and some of the people who signed up for readings have not been able to log in. We're having some mm-hmm. little thing. But so we'll just um, carry on. If we don't get a, a reading, Shiva will let us know, but if we don't get a reading, we'll go back to just talking. But I just want to let you all know um, mm-hmm. he's checking it, he said. Now, going back to what you told Liz, I'm going to say one other thing here, too. This thing mm-hmm. with the locket um, is very beautiful because of that page of pentacles and you can also and I've seen people do it make a um, a locket that you can put a coin in as well if oh, you have a, yeah. a large locket it'll coin will fit you can also mm-hmm. do and I have done made talismans for love by taking a coin you go down to a coin shop and you buy what's called a bezel and it's a little metal piece that r- runs around the coin clicks together and you can hang the coin as a piece of ornamentation you can take um, and line that bezel with um, oil and then put the coin in. Now the coin is dressed, and you can wear that coin also to find love. Just thought I'd let you know. Okay. And it does look like we're going to have another reading, everything working out perfectly. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you. And Yeah, and good luck to you, Liz. I really think that you, you've got a good future ahead of you here. The, um, I mentioned also the two keys, and I'm just going to throw that out really quick. Another way, when you find somebody that you feel really attracted to, name a key for you and a key for them. And um, and then wear those keys. If you have a keychain, wear those keys. When you get close to them, these do not have to be keys to your house. These do not have to be keys that are functional to your car. They can be like old-fashioned skeleton keys. Um, give that other person a key and if you want to dress it with your sexual fluids, they'll never oh, know. That's good. And say, you know, here's a charm. Here's a charm. I've just given this to you. It can also be just a, a modern reproduction of an old key, gold-plated, for instance. That's fantastic. So you have one. The other person has one. And um, that's a good way to keep someone locked to your heart. Okay, they even sell heart lockets with two keys on them. You've seen them. Give that a try. All right, Liz, good luck to you. Uh, now we're uh, going to go to Papa Newt, and then we're going to come back with our second plan. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com. And by the Association of Independent Readers and Reworkers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandreworkers.org. 
and by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of missionary independent spiritual churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and pick our next client. And our next client is uh, is a first-time caller calling in from area code 803 in South Carolina. This is Felicia. Felicia, are you there? I am here. Hi, welcome to the show, and thank you for uh, entrusting us with your situation today. Now, looking at your information, I see you have not had uh, any private readings with Ms. Cat or Conjumental Lee about this issue, and uh, you haven't had any other readings with anybody else. Is that correct? That's correct. <laughs> thank you. And she writes, will my current relationship eventually lead to marriage? A part of me wants to wants this, but I don't have closure on a situation that happened in the past. This particular female has made claims that they they have kids together, but on the other occasion has uh, stated that she was lying about it simply because she fell in love with someone who didn't love her. He denies her claim, citing she's jealous. Turning back to you, Ms. Kathy. All right. Well, we have two very similar questions. Um, this one's also about, will the current relationship lead to love rather than about a new relationship? But we're, we're all looking for love. Now, I'm going to ask a question about that difficult past situation. Um, first of all, what sign are you? I'm a Capricorn. Capricorn. And this person who's caused, who's caused difficulty in the past, what sign is that person, that woman? Uh, she's a uh, Pisces. Pisces, all right. Capricorn and Pisces, all right. Well, Capricorn will usually dominate a Pisces. But now, if I understand, you're concerned with the current relationship leading to marriage. So I'm going to turn this over to Conjurman Ali. Oh, I guess I'm going to ask one other question because I'm not quite sure I understand. Who is the current relationship with? With me, me and my boyfriend. No, Boyfriend, oh. and what sign of the zodiac is the boyfriend? He's um, Aries. An Aries. Mm. All righty. Now we got now we got a little bit of a picture here. All right. Um, I believe, uh, just from my experience, and just really quickly throwing this out, uh, Pisces is a gentle sign. Capricorn is very stern if they have to be, and you will probably win in any contest that you stage against a Pisces. Nothing bad against Pisces. They just tend to flee <laughs> rather than fight. That's just what I know about them. They're very gentle people, uh, and that's yeah. to their good. But it, you know, all right, Ali. How about you read about this? Thanks, Miss Cat. Um, I've cast the geomancy chart here to take a look and see um, whether there is a chance of marriage. Uh, from an astrological perspective, I got to say, Miss Cat is absolutely dead on the money. I mean, even the way this other person uh, said, "Oh, we have kids." Just kidding. I lied about that. We don't have kids. That's a very wishy-washy kind of. You know, P- Pisces will back down, so so I think that's very accurate. The question is, will you to get married? Is there an opportunity for marriage? Um, and the answer is, it's unlikely, unfortunately. Uh, the relationship okay. may still last for a little while, but marriage doesn't seem to be in the chart. We look first to your figure, and this is the first house, and we have Cauda Draconis. Cauda Draconis um, is the dragon's tail, and it is 
talks about things that need to come to an end. I mean, this speaks right. This isn't even, you know, fortune telling at this point. It's just very much confirming what you've already mentioned. There is closure issue here. What is in the past Mm -hmm. has not fully closed for you. And that leads to a sense of doubt, uh, a sense of uh, uncertainty and hesitation. Um, But it also tells you that there's something within you, an instinct of sorts that is being triggered here about this, right? Mm-hmm. And it's manifesting as you going, oh, well, I don't have closure in the past. But that, that hesitation is something that you should be aware of. Now we look to the seventh okay. house, which is his figure, uh, and that we have Carcer. Carcer is a lock. This is not uh, a figure of openness, of marriage, of uh, stability. This is a person who is trapped in their situation and unable to move forward, that there are obstacles in his way that keep him from uh, you know, really pursuing you. Uh, do you guys live close to one another, or how far away are you from each other? Uh, we actually <laughs> live together. You live together. Okay, that's why I, yeah. I asked this. Because Carcer actually passes into the figure of of the proximity, which is the third. If it had passed mm-hmm. into the ninth house, which is long distance, Ninth is about travel, long distance, and deals with anything uh, within uh, 60 miles and beyond. When it passes into the okay. third, that's 50, 60 miles and uh, within or your immediate house surroundings. This is a problem. If you, you living together may end up in a lot of problems. So there's going to be some tensions that will be manifesting okay. itself. And timing-wise, it looks like it's going to be mid-summer is when you're going to really start to see things kind of start to get rocky. And the problem is going to be actually that proximity. We think that's counterintuitive okay. in relationship, but something about you guys being present around each other is going to start to wear thin on both of you. Um, that immediate... Uh, you know, being in right next to each other, not being able to clear your heads, not being able to figure out what's going on, not being on the same uh, page as one another, it's going to manifest, particularly around summertime. I'm getting more midsummer, but it could start a little earlier. But you're going to start to see, and it'll build up. So Carcer passes into the third. Now, that also tells us that the relationship may last a while because you guys share space with one another, but that it won't go any further than that. You cohabitating is kind of the end of where you can finally go. Now, there is a question of, well, why? Okay, he feels trapped. He feels like he's unable to, um, you know, move on. Why why unable to start a marriage? So we combine the two figures, the first and the seventh, to see what the relationship between them, and we get Capitraconus, and that is literally the opposite of what you are. That is the future, the opening of the door. He does doesn't see a future with you right now. He may say he does. He may try to give you a mm-hmm. reason, but be very wary that when this man closes his eyes and envisions a future, it's not with you. Now, the good news is it's not as big a competition as you think. You're not up against his ex or his partner, whoever it was that was claiming all those things. That's not the main issue, even though that person okay. is meddlesome. The real issue lies with the fact that this person is on a completely different path than you. So be aware of that. Finally, one final thing that I'm just going to bring up. When I cast this chart, the sixth house came up as the projection of the point. This is a warning of health issues. Be very, very careful that the arguments and stress doesn't manifest as physical symptoms because it is a very likely possibility that as you two start to deteriorate in your relationship, that there may be physical manifestations of this as well. So take care of your health and be mindful of that. That stress is going to be physically manifesting. So that's what I see here. 
here. Unfortunately, I don't see this as manifesting um, into a relation, into a marriage. Instead, I see it starting to heat up in tensions and fighting between two stubborn people that are going to butt heads. That's what I see. I'm going to turn this over to uh, John St. Germain, who's going to do your next reading, and then Ms. Cat will give you some group work recommendations. Okay. Thank you, Con- thank you, Conjurman Ali. Uh, I did a quieter method this time. I did a draw. I did a, what's called the Mystic Cross. And um, Felicia, I uh, gosh, uh, I want to tell you there, there, there's a connection between you and him that keep you uh, trapped, not trapped together, but intertwined together. Uh, there, there is a connection there. Um, okay. Now, like Conjurman Ali, I don't see it leading to marriage. Um, and then you have this interfering woman in the other side, and uh, she is uh, manipulative, and she's uh, 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 passive-aggressive, and she throws this monkey wrench in. So the three of you are locked in this dynamic that none of you can seem to get out of. So somebody is going to have to break this cycle. Uh, he's not going to do it. Uh, there seems to be money issues with him that come up here. Um, Money is very big on his mind. Um, money seems to be a very uh, – it, it's a cyclic thing with him. He'll have money, then he does, and he has money, then he doesn't. Um, yeah. He just seems to – yeah, uh, and so he just <laughs> seems to cycle back and forth with that. It's like he almost gets off the ground, and then boom, almost gets off the ground, yeah. and boom. He, he uses a lot of excuses, and she's one of them. Uh, uh, there's always something going on with him. Uh, there's never any peace with him. There's never any stability with him. Um and and in your mind you think, well, if I can just get him stabilized, if I can just get him on his feet, then we can have a future mm-hmm. together. No, uh, no, no, this is okay. just what he does. And uh, uh, if you want stability, you're the, you're the one. Uh, the, uh, I'm going to tell you that the black stone marked with an H is next to the hand, and that means that you have control of the situation. Okay. No one else. No one else can control this. I can't control it. Conjurer Ali can't control it. Miss Cat can't control it. God Himself can't control this. Uh, you're the one that has okay. control of this. You, you can kick him out. You can kick her out. And then you know what? You can go like this. Ah, oh, I'm gonna put my feet up and watch watch the TV show and eat some popcorn. You know. And, uh, and besides, uh, my grandma was whispering in my ear. Uh, that man. Why do you want him anyway? Uh, my grandma says he's like a poor breakfast. Do you know what that is? Uh-uh. You sit down to eat. You sit down to eat, and they say, "Yeah, it's going to be a good breakfast." But you get up, and you're still hungry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying. And uh, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, he, he promises you a, a full belly, but then you know, you you get up, and you go, "I'm still yeah. hungry." So, uh, uh, you uh, you know, th- think about it. Uh, I, I don't I don't see a future with him, and, and the future is okay. just the same as right now. There's no there's no progress. Uh, we have the mm-hmm. ear of corn, which shows growth, and it's blocked by the black stone, so there's no growth. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. All so. right. Um, so I'm going to um, try to throw some root work into this, and um, the thing what I'm going to do is to um, almost act as if I didn't hear any of that, because I know you're going to want to try. And nothing's going to stop you from trying, right? You're not going to say, oh, well, these two strange men read to me and they said there's no marriage, so I'm kicking them out of the house next weekend. You're not going to do that. I know. 
Um, because you know you you put uh, you put time into this, and there are good things. There are connections that work. It's just not going quite as fast or as far as you would like it to. So I'm going to give you something to think about, and I'm going to okay. give you some root work to do. Maybe we can move and shove this thing around. Condiment Ollie said by midsummer there's going to be some difficulty will be manifest. Well, so we're going to try to do some root work that's going to carry us past that, and maybe see what happens. Remember. Every reading you get is really only good for a certain amount of time. It's not a lifelong reading, not in a five-minute reading on the radio. But I'm going to ask you question number one. How long have you two been living together? Um, Five years. Five years been living together, and the man would never put a ring on it, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. You got a problem, Mm -hmm. baby. You understand you got a problem. Now, Mm -hmm. the next question I would say, and I'm not going to ask you to answer this on the radio, and I'm not going to ask you to answer it even now, but I want you to do this. I want you to get a white candle, and it can be any white candle. It can be a white birthday candle. It can be a white tea light. It can be a white votive light. It can be a white uh, little uh, six-inch or four-inch candle. I do not wish it to be a white, big, tall glass candle. We want a little small candle. Can you get a white candle? The reason it's white, white represents the unknown anything in the future, anything that's going to be blessed. And you're going to sit there and light that candle. Now, different people do it different ways. The way I do it is I just sit there and look at the flame of that candle till my eyes just naturally close, and I just go into a, I guess you would call it sort of a spiritual state. I'm not going to call it a trance. Don't expect to go into a trance. Some people never do. But once you feel right, and you don't even have, some people close their eyes right or light the candle and close their eyes immediately. Some people stare at the candle a long time. That's going to be how you are. But then you're going to ask the question. Now, who are you going to ask the question of? Some people mm-hmm. ask it of God. Some people, like John, he asks it of his grandmother. So, grandmother, what are you mm-hmm. doing? But some people would ask it of a spirit, of a saint. Some people would ask it of Jesus. Some people would ask it of the Holy Family, whatever. I always ask it of the Lord. That's how I was taught. Okay. So I would say my question would take this, this form. Lord. How long should I work for marriage with, and I would name the man. I'm just going to call him Tony. Lord, how long should I work for marriage with Tony? Lord, how long should I work for marriage with Tony? And then I'm going to just sit quiet and an answer will come. Answer, I'm going to give you a pretend answer now. I would say, pretend name, pretend answer. Say, I just hear a voice would say three months. Or I might hear a voice say three years. Or I might hear a voice say, if he's not proposed marriage to me by my next birthday, I'm I'm done, you see. But whatever okay. it's going to be, the, the next question is, and I guess this is, has a lot to do with it. We did not ask how old you were, but do you mm-hmm. intend to have children or have you had children with him? Yes, we have one together. I'm in my early Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. All right. So you've had a child with this man, and he still wouldn't put a ring on it. This is a problem. Now, mm-hmm. if you you're not going to like say in one year I'm going to you know is he providing for the child is he a good daddy? He is. All right. So now now we're looking at something. There is a difficulty here. He's got a problem, and it may have been the way he was raised, and it may have been stubbornness on his part. But there you have a child. You've got something more to fight for than the average woman does, right? You really mm-hmm. have more to fight for. And I'm going to tell you something. And again, this is not root work. I'm just going to tell you something. Mm-hmm. Under the laws of the United States of America, 
if you ain't married and he dies, you don't get his social security. And if you ain't been married for 10 years, you don't get his social security. So for God's sake, get married because God forbid that the man should die, but men do live Mm -hmm. less long than um, women. You want Mm -hmm. that 10 years of marriage so you get the pension. For Lord's sake, he should know that. It costs him nothing. It costs him nothing to put a ring on it for you. Tell him, I'll buy the ring. I'll use a brass ring. But I need that marriage for my security, for Social Security. Mm -hmm. Now, it works the other way, too. If you were, God forbid, to be run over by a truck next week and you had been married to him for 10 years, he'd get your Social Security, right? But no marriage, no Social Security. That's the way the law is written. And I can tell you, what you want to do is Mm -hmm. put it to him straight in words, but I'm also going to give you some magic to do. So we're going to get a ring. And this can be a cheap, a cheap little brass ring, like I said. It don't have to be nothing, just a little ring. And I want you to take that ring and I want you to burn a candle. It's a marriage candle. Now you can get a glass uh, candle that has a picture of marriage on it. It says, you know, we're going to be married. You can get any plain white candle and marriage oil. It doesn't matter which one it is. But you're going to take a white candle and you're going to either inscribe his name and your name on it for marriage. And you're going to put that candle in a holder or if it's a glass candle on top of a white plate that you've turned upside down. And under that white plate, you're going to put that little ring. Maybe make it a pretty ring. It don't have to be no $5,000 wedding ring. We're just talking about a little okay. symbol of marriage, right? And you're going to put um, a second ring with it, two rings, right? One okay. was dressed for him and one dressed for you. Now you're going to put, um, uh, and you're going to have to work to get this, his sexual fluids on his ring, your sexual fluids on your ring. You're going to put those two rings underneath like I said, simple little dime store. I've done it with dime store rings, and it works. Under the plate oh. with the candle. And you're going to burn that candle on it. And when you're done, you take those two little rings that have been sanctified under that marriage candle, and you're going to put them in oh. a little um, bag or a little paper cloth or a piece of paper or a cloth or a piece of leather little bag. And with it, you're going to put uh, the following herbs. You're going to put in basil for a happy home. You're going to put in a little bit of magnolia leaf, which is for fidelity and faithfulness and marriage. Okay. Put a little bit of rosemary, okay. uh, just from out of the kitchen, and that is rosemary that has the woman to rule the home. Just those three is enough. You could put in more herbs. You can look up online different herbs that are used for marriage and, and love, but those are always good, those three. Put them in okay. with those two little rings. You're going to put those rings between your box spring and mattress where you okay. sleep. If if you have a bed arranged in such a way that you turn the mattress and he might see it or whatever, uh, duct tape it under the bed slabs. Whatever you're going to do, you want him to sleep on it. Now, instead of a little sack or a bag, I'm going to tell you another way to do it. Get one of your socks and one of his socks. You're going to be very careful now. Stuff his sock into your sock. So he's in your, like your sock is outside, his sock's inside. Okay. Reminds you of something sexual. You see what I'm saying? His sock yes. inside your sock, right? Two rings and the herbs in the toe of the socks. Roll the socks up the way you would roll them, you know, to put in your uh, bureau. And then turn the mm-hmm. ends, you know, like you turn the ends. Put that between your box springs and mattress. That way he'll never walk away from you because he's rolled up and uh, he's inside you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, it sounds a little nasty, but just trust me, it works. 
But you're going to have to work very hard. But first, you're going to going to want that date. Will I work until the child is 18? Will I work until until I can't stand it no more? There's going to be a time, and when you get to that time, give up. But I give you something to do while you're working, and it may change things. All right, good luck to you, hon. All right, we're going to go to our uh, fabulous um, electronic network schedule announcement. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6, Fit and Foxy, Madame Nadia and Jaya Dania, Wednesdays, 6 to 7, and The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 6 to 7, all time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment with John St. Germain of johnstgermain.com in Knoxville, Tennessee. Text away, John. Our time for our secret free happy fun time spell for your enjoyment. Um, this is uh, this is very old school. Uh, you will need um, a number of ingredients. Um, now we have ten minutes remaining. Can I kill ten minutes with a secret spell? Uh, you'll, well, you'll we don't need, have uh, ten minutes remaining. We we got some announcements, so to, to, oh, <laughs> we're okay. fast. Okay, okay, good. Uh, you need a, a one of those uh, little medicine bottles, um, about one or two inches with a stopper in it. And uh, you know those bottles they use to play blues guitar? They put it on their finger. One of those work perfectly. And uh, you'll need uh, three match heads and seven grains of paradise. And you'll need uh, some bluestone, which, of course, is no longer copper sulfate, right? We use uh, Reckitt's bluing. And you'll need some saltpeter and uh, some sulfur. And you'll need some crossroads soil. And uh, so you'll take the... Uh, the bluestone and the saltpeter and the crossword soil and the sulfur, and you grind it up uh, in a mortar and pestle. You make a dust of it, and you put it in your bottle. Then you add your three match heads and your seven grains of uh, paradise, and uh, you stopper it up. Now, you wait until you find something very special. This is the final ingredient, and it's very important. You know those little uh, dust devils, those whirlwinds, those little whirlwinds? Oh, that, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Well, in the middle of that whirlwind, it's believed there's a spirit. And that spirit is uh, a lucky spirit. So you want to run right into the middle of it with your bottle, take the stopper off, and grab some of that and get it in your bottle. You want to grab some of that luck from the middle of that whirlwind. And you can catch it in your hand and put it in your bottle. So you, you go there with your open bottle in one hand. You grab, you run into that little dust devil, that little whirlwind, and grab it in one hand and put it in your bottle and stopper it. And this little bottle is a protective bottle now. You can put it under the head of your bed and have uh, lucky dreams. It'll help you dream lucky numbers. It'll help stave away nightmares. It'll help keep you from being thrown on or hag-ridden at night. And you carry it with you for luck and for protection. Wow. That's is old of, school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, blue bluestone and grains of paradise and crossroad dirt. Um, 
And if you want to, you can put some of your uh, hair in there to make it personalized. Well, you know, I'm going to say something about those dust devils because about half the people listening to the show are going to be, what are they talking about? Um, so uh, for folks who don't know, we're not talking about tornadoes now. We're not talking about you're going onto a tornado. But, uh, um, no. <laughs> but if you live out in the countryside, especially where there's plowed ground, you'll see these dust devils, and you'll even see them in cities. They will form at certain places where there is a downdraft around a, a skyscraper, and certain places are known to have these little dust devils. They'll come up. The wind will just it's like come they live and there. Twirl. Yeah, it's like they live there, right. I know one place in Kansas City, uh, 20 years passed between when I saw it one time and went back, and, and it was there again. I'm like, well, there's still us there. But it had to do with the way this downdraft came around, and it was a little home for dust trouble. And what you could tell it was happening was because papers and things were like literally circling and flying around in yeah, this le- one little leaves, space. Leaves, paper. Leaves yeah. between the building lines. So that's what he's talking about, a dust devil. If you've never seen one, look them up online. But they are a, a spiritual manifestation, beautiful spiritual manifestation. Hmm. I always run in the middle, middle they're known as the jinn. Yeah, Contraman Ali says dust devils are known as jinn in the Middle East. Yep. Tell us about it, Ali. Yeah, dust devils are considered a, a small type of jinn, known as jinn, um, and they're kind of fun, playful, willing to interact with, with humans, whereas big sandstorms are considered ifrits, um, jinns that will riot, bring down the sands and, and destruction. So there's whatever wind condition you have uh, that will determine the type of jinn you're dealing with. I was walking wow. with my son the other day, and uh, there's a little barber shop here, and you'll see dust devils there all the time. And we were walking by it on our way to a place we like to eat, mm-hmm. and a, a really big one. Uh, usually they're small. This is really big. And I just stopped what we, what we were doing, and I ran over and got in the middle of it and grabbed with both hands and put it in my pocket. <laughs> and uh, and I said, grab you some luck. you know. And yeah. I know people think I'm kind of crazy with that, but uh, every time I do that, my luck increases. Something lucky really happens to me. and. Grab you a pocket yeah. full of luck when you see those. Yeah, that's that's, my, a, that's, that's a wonderful thing. That also brings up a whole other kind of thing, which is a bottle spell. And um, mm-hmm. I am going to say something about that, too. Um, a lot of people think that, you know, everything is in a mojo and, and all, but there are spells, uh, and they think, well, bottle spells, it's either going to be a honey spell or it's going to be a vinegar spell or an ammonia mm-hmm. spell. But bottles are used for dry things, too, not just for liquids. And um, there's a, um, ways to um, capture things in bottles um, that, are, that are used for good luck. Uh, and in the uh, forum, uh, Lucky Mojo, which is Nagashiva, pointed out there's a gin bottle capture spell in the Black Folder book. And that mm-hmm. was written by, if I remember correctly, Contraband Ali, right? That's true. That's right. I'm a big fan <laughs> yeah. of bottle spells, whether it's to capture gin. But there's also lucky bottle spells. I mean, there's there's whole works that are done where like people have um, looked at rivers and even plantations, and you'll find bottle spells in them, from medicine mm-hmm. bottles to big glass bottles where people put prayers in them, letters to God, herbs, all sorts of things. They really come in a variety of different uh, ways of working. That you know, that almost would be a whole. You could do a whole book called yeah. bottles and 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 rivers. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I don't know that the public would be ready for it yet, but there really is a lot of old-fashioned work done with bottles. And um, and, and back in the day, too, um, you could get these little sample-sized bottles 
like he's talking about the little stopper in them. You can get them mm-hmm. now at craft stores. But it used to be what they called a 10-cent bottle of perfume. That would be a sample size bottle of perfume. But now you go down to the craft stores and where they do scrapbooking. You just say, I'd like the miniature bottles, please. And they have cute, really cute miniature bottles. Fantastic little things. And you can Mm -hmm. put stuff in them. And you can give them to people, each one uh, dressed. In other words, the the spell that... um, that John said, you could give those to your friends and say, now you go out and look for your own dust devil. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Yeah. That's a, that's a great old fashioned way to work. And they used to talk about getting the dust from the middle of those uh, in the road, in the middle of the road where the dust devil was, get some, a pinch of dust in the middle of those, you know, for your spells. Yes, exactly. From the air or from the dust itself. Absolutely. On the Um, ground. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's a whole other book, too, just a book on dust. Uh, you know, graveyard dust, crossroads dust, dust mm-hmm. devil dust. Um, I don't think we've come to the end of the number of books we can publish yet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> a, no, no, there is a, at all. There is a lot of material that we want to get out to the public and get people to understand and know how beautiful this uh, African-American folklore and worldwide folklore and folk magic can be. All right, well, there's our music. Now, um, Remember, folks, we're coming up close to this uh, Hoodoo Heritage Festival. So do uh, remember April 14th and 15th, Santa Rosa, California. There are Airbnbs in the area. It is free to get into the Mystic Fair, but every workshop you want to take is $25, but you'll get back just about $10 worth of ingredients, goods, books, and things, and you'll be taught how to do something. So I want to thank John for a great show fantastic um, information on lithomancy, a brand new book. And this book will be on sale the day after the Hoodoo Heritage Festival, April 16th. And it'll be on sale at Amazon as well as at Lucky Mojo and every other good metaphysical store in America. I'll turn this over to Papa Newton. He's going to take us out. Thank you, Miss Cat and Countryman Ali, and thank you, John St. Germain of johnstgermain.com in Knoxville, Tennessee, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Rootworkers will be Miss Cat Ironwood of luckymojo.com in Forestville, California, discussing her new book, The Art of Making Mojos. And we'll have a special co-host, Miss Elvira of elvira.com in Santa Rosa, California, joining us. Once again, we come to an end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo form at forum.luckymojo.com and Contramentally at the Contramentally.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Papa Newt, joining you from PapaNewt.com in Omaha, Nebraska. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rupert Tower can be heard every week live on Block Talk Radio at 6 p.m. Eastern, 6 uh, and it's 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, and the shows are available in archive by luckymojo.com slash radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to say thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you'll hear the familiar strength of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Vault. Thanks, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Good Pesach, Happy Easter, and April Fish Day to everyone. Good night, all. Good night. Good night.